intro? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Redefining woman. Oh, I already. Oh God. Do you guys know how hard it is to like do an intro to this show? Apparently, before two cups of coffee, it's really hard. I know. So, what if like we like split it up? I feel maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Do your welcome, welcome, then I'll do welcome, fragmented, redefining womanhood. Yeah. Okay. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Fragmented Redefining Womanhood. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Guys, we've been trying to come up with an opening, but that's all you're getting for now. Yeah. So here we are with Becky Foote, pronouns she, her. And Sarah Jane, pronouns she, her. So, guys, today we are here and we are having a girl chat session. We are. (laughs) I'm actually really excited. We are. We went through a list of topics and sometimes we don't know what we're going to talk to you about until we actually sit down in front of the mic. And today we had like this whole list of topics that we could talk about. Holiday survival guide or, you know, parenting or career choices. And we're like, you know what? We just need some girl talk. We do. We just need to chit chat about what is going on with us you know how are we surviving the holidays i hope you all had a really good thanksgiving um we sort of did yeah (laughs) that's a whole topic for another um but we are surviving the holidays and but anyway um no we just wanted to check in with you guys and just kind of check in with each other i mean so like in full transparency, we usually talk like one to two times a week, right? We, like we usually yeah. have like verbal vomit sessions that last forty five minutes to an hour, where our husbands know if they're around that they need to like give us some space. Um, and I would say probably what was it like August and September? Like mm-hmm. you were just so overwhelmed with what was going on with your business, mm-hmm. and I was as well. And it was just like we went like weeks without talking. So we we didn't verbal vomit and we held that in for about two months. So yeah. guess what? Now that we're talking again, <laughs> we're just gonna dump it all right here on we're a podcast. Dump it all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I hope you guys have friends that you guys can girl talk with mm-hmm. as well. Um, but no, just as far as a check in, um, you know, sometimes I come on here and I'm like, you know, I want to have all this like woman positivity, but. I don't have any today. Mm-hmm. I'm really burnt out, guys. I'm tired. It's the holidays. Um, there's been family stuff that's going on. There's been personal stuff. It's been a really difficult year with the business. Um, and I think sometimes it's easy to glamorize like, oh, we have this business. Well, we have multiple businesses. And we're actually in the process of selling one. Um, and we're selling our Airbnb, which is closing at the end of the month. And it, like I said before, it's the middle of the holidays. So it's just... It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, yeah, I'm just tired. Whew. How about you? Where are you at? Yeah, I mean, like, hearing you say all that, I'm pretty exhausted, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> when people don't understand when you're an entrepreneur, like, it's 24-7. Like, it never ends. I feel like if I'm not thinking about my job, I'm like, I feel guilty. That's parenting, too, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I feel better than I did at the end of the season last year. Um, I'm still just really tired. Um, It's very interesting to see the roles reversed. I know we mentioned this before, but like at the end of the season last year, I was like suffering really badly. I was very tired. I was very burnt out. um, And I still had to edit and do all that stuff, which I did all the way through trying to plan my own wedding. And you were kind of feeling okay. Like you were feeling revived and refreshed. Like you guys had just Mm -hmm. opened the studio um and then now at the end of the season I'm like yeah no I'm 
Yeah, you did I'm an okay. entire wedding season, and then you went right into wedding planning. But it wasn't mm-hmm. just regular wedding planning. It was planning a destination yeah. wedding in Colorado where we all flew out to mm-hmm. and then came back and then had to jump right back into another season. Yeah, um, after I went to the hospital. So I feel like the hospital was a huge wake-up call for me because my body had been telling me for months last year before we went to Colorado that like I wasn't... I needed to slow down and I know that we previously there's another thing too guys in the middle of the summer I think it was June we were like hey we're, let's like do some recordings and like we haven't published those so uh, we have talked about this on a previous podcast that's not been published so um but um so we went to the wedding in Colorado um, mm-hmm. my body had been trying to tell me for months that I was exhausted um, that I needed to slow down, but I was like, no, I have to finish the season. I was trying to help Mark finish doing videos. Um, so as a photographer, like and videographer, like we have months of editing after our season technically ends, like when the weddings are done. Um, and last year we just had so many weddings by the time we finished the season, as far as weddings being completed, we had so much left to do. Mark finished his last film, like the day before he flew to Colorado. Um, so we retired and he stayed up like three days straight. It was insane. Um, so we were really tired. So we go to Colorado. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been in the Midwest, but like, or I'm sorry, is that the, that's, is that the Midwest? Uh, out West? Out West. Yeah. If you've ever been in like a high mountain range, like there is less oxygen. Um, and people had warned us about getting altitude sickness and I was more concerned about the kids because I had never been to Colorado. So I was very concerned about the kids like not being okay because Colorado has very high mountainous ranges. Um, and I was not okay. So the kids were fine. Jackson wasn't okay for like a day, but I ended up renting oxygen, um, like tanks. She rented us oxygen tank, guys. <laughs> like everybody that was there, you could either use the oxygen tank yes. that was provided for you, or she had these little mini ones that she put on her bed, which was really cute. Yeah. Um, also, another thing that we I didn't know that you get drunker faster uh, <laughs> in higher altitude, guys. Oh my god, that's gonna be the best story ever from our wedding. Yes. Um, we'll give you the Reader's Digest version, just that I was doing the flowers for their wedding, so I found a wholesaler up there. So I'm up there and I'm working from the second I hit, I get to that Airbnb, I am making a tablescape and I'm hanging lights from the ceiling and I'm going, going, going. And I didn't even have time to realize if I had altitude sickness or not. So anyway, I... <laughs> so finally the day comes, the wedding, it's beautiful. Like we have this beautiful ceremony or ceremony and then we have the reception and at the reception, everyone's giving toasts and it's this beautiful ambiance and we're like, okay, like we'll have a few drinks and then we'll have a few after drinks. And of course everyone was staying in the house so we weren't worried about driving. And I didn't know this until I came back, but apparently alcohol and any other forms of marijuana, uh, (laughs) I'm like, is it legal in New York yet? Will hit you differently when you have less oxygen. So one drink really feels like two or three drinks. So I... I don't know. I feel like you should take over from here. Can I tell the story? You, you can tell the story. Okay. No shame in my game, <laughs> That's guys. That's fine. So we had dinner. The kids went to bed, and we were all, like, drinking and hanging out. There was an eight-person hot tub, and all the adults were outside. We were in the hot tub, and everybody had been drinking. A little smoking had taken place. Um, and uh, so we were getting ready to go out by the hot tub, I think, just to, like, have a drink, maybe, like, I don't know. Bishop Sit by the fire. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, and Becky was like, I will be right there. We're like, oh, okay. So we go out by the fire. It was like me and like Mark and a couple other people. And like 30 minutes later, we realized that like 
Becky had not come out and we were like, where did she go? Oh my goodness. So then Melissa, our friend Melissa, who does my hair, um, <clears throat> our hair, I guess, um, she, they were bunking together. Becky and Melissa were bunking together and mm-hmm. she had gone into the room and uh, she started laughing like really, really loudly. Um, and, and we're like, what? She's like, you have to see this. We're like, all right. So then we go in and there's Becky on the side of a bed, completely asleep. Like half of her body is off the bed because she was trying to put her sock on. And in the process of her trying to put her sock on, like had fallen asleep. <laughs> so she literally, I have picture proof. She literally has her foot up oh on a God. chair, like, and then her head over her head. So then the funniest part was that like, I was like, okay, I was the only sober person in the entire scenario. And it was your wedding day. So why was that happening? I don't know. I know. I don't know. But like Mark was like, like hysterically laughing. Mind you guys, it's like one o'clock in the morning at this point, And like everybody else is asleep except for the four of us. And then I was like, okay, it's fine. I'm going to get her in bed. She's like, literally her ass is like halfway off the bed. So then I like pick you up in like a fetal position and I place you into the bed and then I tuck you in all nicely and then you're fine. And then literally two minutes later, you got out of the bed and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I literally just picked you up and you're like, no, I'm fine. What are we doing? You had no idea what was going on. It was hilarious. Um, but it was the, probably the funniest thing. Like forever, White Claw Surge will be the drink that we like joke that about. That was White Claw Surge. Cheers to White Claw Surge. <laughs> um, so lo and behold, I get back and I'm telling a girlfriend of mine this story and she goes to Colorado all the time and she's like, oh yeah, you can't drink like you normally would drink. She's like, there's an altitude issue. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I knew about that now. But I was also completely exhausted and jet lagged and all the things. So it was like everything just hit all at once and then bam. So that was so forever Sarah's wedding night will be Becky (laughs) falling asleep drunk with a sock on. Yeah. Trying to put a sock on. Trying to put a sock on. It wasn't even all the way on. Like I had to finish putting it on for you. You did. Yeah. And thank you for putting me to bed. You're welcome. That was wonderful. Yeah. Um, That has not happened since. I would just like (laughs) to put that waiver out there. It was just really funny. But like, so yeah, I had... I had gotten really sick. Like, luckily, we were there about seven days before the ceremony, and um, I had enough oxygen in me. But when we had went from the place that we originally started at and then went to, like, Breckenridge where we were having the wedding, like, I got out of the car to get my marriage license, and I literally could not breathe. And I was like, this is no bueno. Like, Mm -hmm. I I can't walk down a mountain and marry my best friend if I can't breathe. Um, Anyway, so then we come back. We came back on a Monday from Colorado, and we were flying out to Jamaica on Wednesday for our honeymoon um and I thought I was fine I was feeling better my body was a little tired but I was like it's fine we're gonna go to Jamaica and I'll be fine and Jamaica was fine like I was right next to the sea so I was sea level I guess (laughs) so there was no altitude there for me so I felt fine and it was warm and it was great and then we got back from Jamaica like a week later and I went to the hospital like three days later um and I had a slew of things wrong with me um, I went in because I couldn't keep food down and I had a fever of like 102 that wouldn't break. Um, and I was like physically convulsing when I, my fever would go up. Like I was literally shivering so bad that Mark like basically was holding me down. It was really bad. Um, and I was like, it's okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to break this on my own. But after two days, it didn't break. Comes to find out I had like a bacterial kidney infection <laughs> and then I had a viral infection. I had UCI. I had like a numerous amount of things that Can were Can I just tell me. you guys that I was getting a text like every 24 hours with a new update. I'm like, <laughs> I have a kidney infection. I have a UTI. And then I think the last thing was, was heart. your heart. And that was yeah. no joke. Like, no, that was I mean, terrifying. that really scared the crap out of everybody. Yeah. And then I had blood clots. And then they were like, so they gave me like 
medication for that to like break up the blood clot. And then they were like, we we're just going to do an ultrasound for safe measure because you have blood clots. Like it was, it was not like they didn't order the ultrasound because they had fear of my heart. And we're like, okay. They're like, we'll do it tomorrow. And then I went to go to sleep and I stopped breathing in my sleep because I have sleep apnea and they like panicked. Um, and then they ordered it immediately. And then like the lady came and then she's like, I'll call the cardiologist in. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And then the guy was like, so we're finding that like one of your valves isn't like pumping blood properly. Um, so we need to give you a stress test before you can leave. So I ended up being in the hospital for like five or six days, found out I have cardiomyopathy. Um, they gave me like high blood pressure medication. So cardiomyopathy, mm-hmm. am I saying that correctly? I think that's also, so it's a mix of hereditary mm-hmm. issues as well, which were stress induced. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a mix of two worlds. It was, um, a mix of burnout meeting with issues that you already had underlying. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like weight gain and all that stuff mixed with stress. So it was just a lot. And then obviously like being in Colorado, like intensified it because of the lack of oxygen. Mm -hmm. So it was just progressively, it just made it worse. Um, and I just wasn't attending to my body. And I hate to say this because I've always like cared about my body, but I had never had a physical as an adult. Like I never like went to the doctor like once a year to like have everything checked. (laughs) And I do that now. Um, so, and then when I went to like my GP appointment after, cause you have to go in and check in and like, I never, like the hardest thing about when you're in the emergency department is that like, I feel like they don't give you information. They just, their job is like to fix, to make you better enough to get you out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like preventative care or like full long-term care. It's like, here's the problem. We need to fix it immediately. And then like have send you to other doctors to like do the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So he looked at the paperwork and he was, we were, I was sitting in his office and he was like, yeah, so you had sepsis, like you almost died. And I was like, what? Like that was just such a huge wake up call for me. That was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea that's what was happening because they obviously didn't tell me that. But um, so yeah, for me, like after that happened, I was like, shit needs to change immediately. Like I cannot, like I'm 36, man. I have three kids and I love my life. And like, I don't want to be like, exited out of it early because I'm not taking care of myself and I don't want to feel the way that I felt in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to just say too, I feel like that's a very extreme case of burnout too. Yes. Like I feel like you can feel burnout on lesser scales, but yeah. I think that you had just gone through so much and you had also, I mean, gone through a divorce not that long ago, just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just the mental, physical, emotional, so this is why it's just so important. And then Sarah was so cute. She was trying to warn me because she could kind of see me going down the same road <laughs> this, um, summer. this summer with mm-hmm. my business where I was kind of shutting everybody out because I was so overwhelmed with um, how quickly my business had um, blown up. And so she would give me these little reminders, like text reminders, like, just want you to, you know, know I'm thinking of you. It totally felt mom, but that's okay. <laughs> and just make sure you're getting some rest and drinking water. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Sarah, I'm drinking water. Um, but and she's like, you don't want to, you know, what happened to me happened yeah. to you, which I totally get. And, you know, no, we don't want that. Let me be the example. <laughs> Please yeah. don't do that. And I also think I had a really, I've had a really hard time telling people that. Like I, we're really close and like, I love you and I'm always really honest with you, but I think I've had a really hard time for a long time being like, so you're giving me a lot of anxiety by the way that you're talking. Um, like what was the, like, was it like a month ago mm-hmm. you were talking about like all the things that you were going to do or had to do. And I was like, yeah, you're like, 
stressing me out. You're giving me anxiety. That's a lot. Yeah. So what we decided to do, and yes, I saw what Sarah had gone through and I'm like, yeah, I would like to not duplicate that. Although currently I have a telltale a sign that my body's telling me slow down slow down mm-hmm. um why don't we slow down as women wtf man i mean uh guilt patriarchy um I, mean, I think i said it earlier it's almost like it's encoded in our dna when we're born mm-hmm. as a woman from like literally the, or like even when we're a baby and like a little girl that there's expectations of like what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it and like not to stop because we're the caretakers and this caretaking label that us women have gotten. I mean, we have so many, I mean, that's a whole podcast in and of itself, but um, going back to my telltale sign, I have an eye twitch, mm-hmm. which I thought initially was because of a medication that I'm currently taking. Um, so I'm off the medication, but the eye twitch is still there. So someone had told me there's actually a name for it. I'll have to look up the name for it, but there's actually a name for it. And it is due to fatigue and stress and all the things. So I have decided, which this is huge for me, huge for me. Um, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I am taking the month of January off from mm. work. Um, we will still be podcasting. Yes. Because um, we can do it in our PJs. But other than that, I am taking an entire month off. Not everybody can take an entire month off. Mm. I totally understand that. Um, in my situation, I have seasonal work. Um, so there's you're super, super busy for more than half the year. And then you have this little bit of downtime to recover. Um, and what I'm, and I was having, I was talking about this with Sarah yesterday, massive, and I'm going to be completely honest and transparent here, but massive mom guilt around mm-hmm. this. So I am the, a first generation woman entrepreneur on my side of the family and on my husband's side of the family. So there's really no roadmap to this. And what was really interesting is that my business coach had the opposite where everybody in her family was entrepreneur. And, um, so it's almost like if you're not an entrepreneur, it's kind of weird. Right. So if you were like to be a stay at home mom, so I think everybody's situation is completely different. Um, but anyway, so I am trying to navigate, you know, having this career and this business and we had employees this past year and we're trying to look at what worked and what didn't. And one of the things that didn't work was the amount of time I had to take away from my family. So we are, reevaluating that and we're doing things differently moving forward, but also the amount of self-care that I need to function. Mm -hmm. So I do need a, a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs can relate to this, but you need to take, or I shouldn't say I need to take at least one to two months out of the year to just really have downtime, recuperate, Mm -hmm. reflect. Um, So that's what I'm going to be doing over the next month, guys. But I will tell you, I mean, my daughter is in daycare part-time. So I will still pick her up from daycare and I take her to the YMCA and we go swimming or I take her to the library. And But those couple of hours that she's in daycare where I can really get some R&R, I was like, should I be putting her in daycare? I, she, she should be home with me. I mean, and what is she going to do with mom recuperating? I mean, if I can't be, mm-hmm. you know, there for her in the way that I want to be unless I am recuperating. Mm-hmm. So there's this massive mom guilt around any form of self-care. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's also a generational thing because, you know, I don't know about your situation, but I won't actually, I do because we talk about it all the time. So um, there's this generational martyrdom mm-hmm. that goes on. Um, and I, I'm not talking about anyone specific. I'm talking in a very generalized sense of us women are supposed to be these caretakers, but we're living in an age now where 
you know, we have careers, we have, you know, different ways of parenting, different parenting styles. In fact, we wanted to do a podcast on parenting styles. It is so different raising children now mm-hmm. than it was. And the expectations are just getting higher and higher. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, again, we can blame it on, well, not blame it on. It is the patriarchy. It is. Um, it's all those things. Yeah. But this mom guilt. So I'm, I'm really working on right now taking the guilt away from just doing the bare necessity. I mean, I'm talking about like just bread and water here, guys, like (laughs) sleep, eating right, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure I'm getting enough rest. And it's like, it's a, it's a soul tired. It's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to sleep for 12 hours this weekend and I'll be all right. It's like a deep, deep soul, mental, physical exhaustion um, that I feel like is, can I don't know. I feel like actually a lot of people could relate to that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we talked about it in the burnout episode, but I just want to reiterate it again. And that like burnout is something that you feel deeper than your core, like a soul tired. And it's literally like having a cup that you're trying to refill. That's just your cup that has holes in it, that no matter how much it takes so much time to start patching those holes and it takes intentional work. And I think that's, the biggest misconception mm-hmm. of like recovering from burnout because people will be like, like, yes, you're taking a month off. And I think that that's wonderful, but you have to start like implementing tasks or not just tasks, implementing a new lifestyle and a new way of like you reconnecting with yourself. Like when you're in burnout, you are so disconnected from yourself, from the things that bring you joy, from the things that give you life that like you're because you're so tired like you're just trying to be function and just get through a day so when you're in burnout like you have to be intentional about like reconnecting reading like doing intentional tasks that aren't just like going to get your nails done and taking a bath those things are lovely but like you need like a soul remapping almost mm-hmm. no you do um in order to start creating new habits um to patch up your cup because you're literally pouring water into a cup that has holes. So the water keeps coming out and you still feel depleted. And I also think going back to mommy burnout, there's actually a book called mommy burnout that Mm -hmm. we had posted from our previous burnout episode where it doesn't just have to be on a career level. I Mm -hmm. mean, it can just be on mommy burnout or career or both. And I happen to be experiencing both simultaneously Mm -hmm. and my eye keeps twitching and saying, knock it off, (laughs) knock it off because it's going to get worse if you don't. But I love everything that you just said about patching up your cup and being intentional and you know, yeah, taking a month off is great, but that's not going to be the answer. It's going to be continuously working. The work that you do. And I have no shame in my game when it comes to talking to people. They're like, oh, well you had have two businesses and a homestead and, and all these things. And yes, that's wonderful, but it also takes a lot of self-work. So I see a therapist. Mm -hmm. I also got recently diagnosed with ADD and struggle with anxiety and depression. So I also see a psychiatrist to go on medication and that kind of thing. Um, some people are anti-medication. I am not this. I'm I'm not either. hundred percent, not the platform for that. I'm just saying what I do for Mm self-care. Um, but yeah, it's a, and also a therapist, I go to a 12-step group. I mean, like I do a lot of things mm-hmm. just for basic maintenance. Um, so yeah, that is. Yeah, I mean, can we also talk about the fact that like, I'm not sure you've seen it. For, I don't know if you have seen it from this perspective, so I'm not talking for you. But like, I know that you're having a lot of guilt around May going to childcare. And I understand that. I had the same thing when Winnie started going to childcare. Um, but <clears throat> think about the fact and how you're impacting your daughter 
that like you're showing her how mommy takes care of herself and like taking care of yourself doesn't include martyrdom and sacrificing who you are to be her mom. Like Mm. being a whole parent means taking care of yourself first Mm -hmm. and to parent better. Like you're not in such a stage, like you're not burning out and continuing to try to parent when you're on edge and you're stressed and you're tired. Mm -hmm. You're taking time for you to, to like, uh, what's the word? Uh, I don't know, to center yourself again so that you can be a better mom for her. Mm. And it's also giving her time to learn socialization. Like, of course, she doesn't know all these big things, but mm-hmm. she'll know it later. But like, it's not, it's going to be normalcy for her because mm-hmm. she's going to see the woman in her life who's doing all the things to take care of herself, to be a better mom for her. And that's how she's going to parent herself. Well, it's almost like that self-talk. So it's like, you know, talk to ourselves as if we were talking to our best friend. And mm-hmm. if my daughter was living her dream or trying to live her dream mm-hmm. and her dream was to have a career, maybe her dream is to be a stay-at-home mom. Maybe it's to have a career. But no matter what path she picks, it's not going to be an easy one because life is not easy and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so if my daughter came to me and said, Mom, you know, I'm really tired. I'm burnt out. And for my answer to be to her, well, continue to show up as a mm-hmm. good parent and continue, you know, and to to hold the iron fist. I mean, that's not, no, no that's, that's not, not what I want to show her at all. And I mean, that's what, I feel like that's what we saw. I, I mean, I know that like around the time that our parents were parenting, it was when two income households were like starting to become a necessity. Um, I didn't grow up in a two income household. My mom was actually the breadwinner and my stepdad was not. But like nowadays, like you have both parents have to work unless I know there are situations where um, that women feel very lucky or like that can come home and can be home, which I feel like it's very rare now. Like I know Mm -hmm. that it still happens, but like, (laughs) like families are barely surviving on two incomes. Like I know so many families that can't even like buy homes. Like they're Mm -hmm. still renting because they can't afford a mortgage because like even with both parents working, it's just not doable. Mm -hmm. So the way that parenting happens now is just so much different. And, but I think the most interesting thing is seeing the shift in um, parents, especially mothers, understanding that like they need to be okay in order to parent. Like they need to take care of themselves and there needs to be self-love and self-care. And there's not as much shame like around it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the shame that we feel was passed down to us. I do. And I think it was passed down generationally, like Absolutely. the generation before that. And it's interesting because I'm actually the primary breadwinner in our family. However, my husband is extremely domesticated. And so we mm-hmm. have this like role reversal thing. And then, and you know, I'll, because I have seasonal work, I'll be busier in the summer and then he'll do some part-time work in the winter. But really, you know, the business that, and we've created the business together, but I am the primary yep, um, driver of the business. Yeah. It's the same here. Yeah. Isn't having feminist husbands great? I, mean, I just love it. <laughs> I do. My <laughs> husband is so funny because he will go out and he's a, he's a hunter and a man's man and wears flannels and grows a beard, but yet he's the one who's making us dinner at night. And I think that there's um, still some judgment around yeah that. of course you know I think no matter what you do even yeah. if I was even if I was the one at home making dinner there's someone would still have something to say about yeah. it and be judgmental so I think it's just doing whatever works for your you and yeah. your family and my husband loves to watch me you know chase mm-hmm. my dreams and his part of his dream was the homestead I mean you right. know so we're living out our dreams together but living out your dreams um someone once told me this they said Living out your dreams is exhausting. Be prepared for it. 
And I was like, oh yeah, no, living out your dreams. So we come out here, we buy the homestead, we're, you know, I'm doing my career, which I love, and we hit massive burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of the reason why is because we still are implementing these rules, patriarchal rules that Mm -hmm. don't apply to us and our family. And so here, you know, trying to be the primary caretaker, the primary breadwinner, I mean, that's not... It is Realistic. not how it functions anymore. I mean, no. inflation. I mean, come on, guys. Like, everything is, like, so much more expensive. Just mm-hmm. even, like, surviving and, like, the basics. Like, home, food, and heat. You know? Like, mm-hmm. let alone anything else that you want. But, like, going back to, like, what I was saying about the thing with May, too. About her seeing the way that you are and the way that you're taking time for yourself. You know, all that stuff. Like, I see it in Dawn, um, who's 16. That, like... Mm-hmm. If I say something like, if I've been editing all day and I'm like really tired, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to stop and like take a break. She's like, then take a break. Why are you not taking a break? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, why don't you just go rest, mama? Like, stuff like that. And um, it's nice to see that. Like, she doesn't think that we should be, she, she's made comments about how, like, I started working when I was 15, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I've always worked. And like, I wish that I actually waited to start working. Um, cause I feel like I missed out on so much of like my childhood and like my development between the ages of 15 and 18. I think it's fine that I worked. I wish that I worked less. I was like working so much. I was working like a bunch of jobs and like, I know a at pro- 15, at 15. And why do you think you were working so many jobs at 15? Well, for me, I just want to get out of my house. <laughs> okay. But also there was like an undertone of like, if you want things, then you have to pay for them on your own because like we're broke and we're not paying for anything. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, then I'm going to get a job. Um, and I do feel very, and I understand in a lot of situations that that might be a situation that happens for families, but I'm, and I feel very blessed that like Dawn doesn't need to have a job and she wants to have a job, but she like wanted to wait until she turned 16, 17. She's like, mm-hmm. I want to actually enjoy being in high school because I'm literally going to work for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a lot of conversation around Gen Z and Gen A, which Gen A is the generation after Gen Z. So like anyone from the age of like, I think it's like four 12 or something right now anyway I I appreciate that generation because of the self-awareness they have for themselves and like what their needs are and also like advocating for other people and their needs Mm. and acceptance is like a huge piece of that this is way off subject but I'm just (laughs) wanted to say I love how accepting they are of everyone for who they are and where they're at like Mm -hmm. When I told the kids that about Dawn being transgender and that we're calling her Dawn now, she heard that, okay, cool. And they're like the first people to like, it was not even a question. And they're like, mm-hmm. the, they're the first people to stand up for her. Mm-hmm. Don't you mean her? It's her, by the way. <laughs> I, don't I love it. I love it so much. Anyway, sorry, that was way off subject. My point is, is that like the generation we're raising, I'm hopeful that they will be much more in tune with their needs and not experience this um, the way that we are. Mm-hmm. We also grew up in hustle culture mm-hmm. as Hus- an entrepreneur. Yes. yes. Which, like, there's this account on TikTok. His name is Tim. Have you seen them? He's like a 40 year old guy that lives in Brooklyn and he's like a CEO and he makes I like. Have these- not. Okay. So I appreciate the editing style and there's a whole conversation around them, but he's 100% hustle culture. Like, gets up at 4 a.m., goes on a five mile run, and then still has like three kids or two kids or something. And like, he talks about his day and how many meetings he goes to. And it's almost like a weird promotion of hustle culture, which I've been trying so hard to just like get the hell away from. Mm-hmm. Like, run. I'm running from it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want that in my life. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel that any part of your business was 
in hustle culture. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, I also feel like as a woman and just in the working world, I had girl some, boss, girl boss, Hashtag like girl boss. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like I almost feel like I had something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't know if every woman entrepreneur feels that way, but I we did do. from everything from breaking generational stuff. Um, and I, I don't know if I, yes, breaking generational stuff, but also paving my own path. Mm-hmm. Um, being the first one, what is that? Trailblazing? Yeah. You know, trailblazer. trailblazing in, oh, in my own world. I, I am. Um, but anyway, back to the hustle culture. So when I first was realizing that I was in this burnout, I thought that there was something more I needed to do. So there's this book called 30, or morning miracle. And mm-hmm. there's like a whole movement. And I was like, Sarah, have you heard of this? So I thought doing more was going to fix my problem. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I read this book. Well, I read most of it. I'm still in the process of it. And I was like, I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to journal and I'm going to exercise <laughs> and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you know what? There's a time and a place for that. Yeah. There might be a time and a place in my life where that is going to be great. That day is not today. No. We do not add more to our list when we are in burnout. I'm sure I told you that. We take, yes. Yeah. I think that's like when you wanted to take a yoga class because you like, were like, oh, I need to like do more self-care. I'm uh-huh. going to take yoga. And then I was like, Sarah, do you really like yoga? You're like, no. no. <laughs> I, like, I actually hate it. I'm doing, I'm doing a pole gl- class instead. She's doing fine. pole dancing instead yeah. because that's more aligned with her. <laughs> it um, is. It's probably going to be a meditation for me. It's great. Yes. Yeah. So I think we have to do what works for us. Yeah. And so anyway, that was putting more on my plate I thought was going to solve. So here I'm talking to professionals who I have hired like a business coach or a therapist. And I'm talking to these people and they're like, yeah, how about we do less? How about we don't add more to your plate? And it doesn't mean I can't still journal or, you know, go to the Y with my daughter and go swimming and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But to have this regimented hustle mentality is what got me here in the Mm -hmm. first place because I thought that's what I needed to do to Mm -hmm. be successful. And I want to break that that thought process too. Like we don't have to be tired, exhausted, you know, we don't have untapped energy or, no. or am I saying that correctly? We don't have un like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think energy is right. No, I meant like, un, uh, we only have a certain amount of energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not like forever flowing. You yes. have to like feed it. Yes. Yeah. We're like, it. I guess we're like cars. We need gas to go. You need your gas. You need yeah. to get your oil changed. You need to get your windshield wipers, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I also think that hustle culture is kind of like very addicting. And if you are an addictive personality, like, let's be honest, every, most everybody has some sort of addiction, like whether it's, you know, something harder like drugs and alcohol or it's coffee or like whatever, binge yeah. eating, whatever. Um, I think it's addicting because like you do, you create this like routine, which I'm not saying routines are bad, but I think like... And the idea of like getting up at like 5 a.m. like I used to and like doing that whole routine, it sounds exhausting. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, but like I was so in it that I was like, oh, I have to do this. This is the only way I'm going to be successful. And that's how hustle culture started for me mm-hmm. was like, I have to do it at this time. This is how it has to. And then if I didn't do it, I felt like way off kilter. And I just, I felt like I, I, I was, I felt like a failure. Like I wasn't mm. like doing something. So Not I was like, enough. yeah, like taking time for myself. And that's how it all starts. Like taking mm-hmm. time for yourself and taking care of yourself. Um, is it like, oh wait, I can't do that. I have to do this thing first. And it's like, like almost like earning your time off. Yes. 
and but you have to like earn it and then when you have the time off it's like this massive guilt around having it like what's one of the things that I actually was like really transformative in my brain was like talking about how in corporate culture um and capitalism like they're surround like you work nine to five and then you have like one or two vacations a year so most of the time people like hate their job but they want the vacation they want the health and benefits so they work and the job they hate to for the two weeks out of the year for 10 days out of the year. So you're working miserable and then you're so excited about your vacation that when that vacation comes, you're still fucking miserable because Mm -hmm. you know you have to return to a job that you don't like. I'm not saying that corporate culture is bad. I'm saying that like it kind of goes back to the whole like living for 10 days out of the year isn't the way to do life. Mm -hmm. Like because... And our parents were raised in the idea of like, I'm going to work my ass off till 55 and then I'm going to retire. But mm-hmm. guys, I don't think by the time 55 rolls around for us, social security is going to be around. So like, I just don't want to depend on like that. So like, you we... don't want to pe- depend on the government to take care of you. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> like not in that sense. Do I believe in like universal healthcare? Yes. But that's a whole other topic. Anyways. Um, but my point is, is that like, we were talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to live my life because I don't even know if I'm going to make it till 55. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, like, wake up with regret. And as I get older, my body gets older. And I can feel my body getting older. Mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to want to do all the things when I, quote, unquote, retire? You know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. back to the whole, like, burnout thing. <clears throat> what are we doing to make it better? So, like, now we're at that in the season. I feel different than you feel. I am very tired. One mm-hmm. of the things I remember that, like, at the beginning of the season, we both were like... Well, I, I don't, I think you said it. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. I'm like, I don't want this season to be the same. Like I refuse to, to allow the wedding season to take over my life. We're like, oh, I'm sorry. We can't hang out. We can't do the podcast. We can't do these things because it's wedding season. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that because wedding season is becoming longer because of COVID. So I feel like it used to be like June to like September. And now we're going into November and you mm-hmm. have a wedding in December. <laughs> So I feel like it's getting longer and the time off is getting shorter. So I'm just like so tired of like feeling so disconnected from my friends who are my family six months out of the year. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't see each other or talk to each other for two months, Mm -hmm. you know? And then like our other friends, Chelsea and Heather, like I feel like I barely talked to them or saw them for like four or five months. Yeah. Um, And it's just exhausting. Like for what? You know, Mm -hmm. like that's such a huge part. And like, especially with my kids, like that's the summer. And I don't want to miss out on moments anymore. Um, And I was telling you earlier, I just feel like I'm finally reconnecting with myself. And there's so many things that I want to do in the off season that I usually do do, like holiday shoots, boudoir shoots, stuff like that. And I refuse to do them. Not because Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Like I love doing those things. But I feel like I'm finally reconnecting with myself. I'm finally reconnecting with my kids. And I'm not willing to sacrifice those things Mm -hmm. for like the hustle. Uh, amen. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, my creativity is going on hold for a Mm -hmm. little bit. Um, I, minus podcast, minus a podcast. Yes. Cause that fills my cup Mm -hmm. that patches my cup. So I'm only doing the things that patch my cup. Um, but I'm doing the, and you know what? Everything is trial and error, you know, Mm -hmm. as long, what is that saying? Like, as long as you, if you're falling, that's fine. As long as you're falling forward, I mean, scrape your knees all you want, but just keep moving forward. So there's a lot of things this year that I thought were going to work out, 
in my business that didn't. And so we have to pivot now and that's fine. But at least I can look back and say, you know what? We did a really good job. We did some amazing work this year. Mm -hmm. We are exhausted. Let's take a break. Let's reconnect. I'm loving this time that I have when I'm rested with my daughter and my husband and yeah. So, you know, that's where we're at. And so that was our hiatus that we took, um, yeah. for a couple months and we're so happy to be back in podcasting, podcasting, Potting, podcasting. Potting. Yeah. And so the thing that I think that you're doing moving forward too, which you talked about before we got on was boundaries, like you're setting boundaries. hard boundaries yeah. around the business and like your ability, like what you want to do. And yeah. Yeah. I'm almost setting boundaries out of like, um, exhaustion but I don't really care how I set them no. <laughs> as long as I'm setting them yeah I'm like you know if someone is upset that we can't take on another event this year I'm so sorry the I, sky is not falling and you will be fine uh, amen yeah yeah <laughs> it's so funny because like um I was gonna say something I don't remember shoot oh yeah I remember like being on a consult with somebody and I've never like made like a limit of how many weddings I want to do a year. And I was like talking to somebody for like 23 and I was like, I'm not doing more than 15 weddings this year. And I said it out loud and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm up to 18 now, but like, <laughs> no, I set a really hard boundary with Mark the other day. Like we're done doing more than 20. I don't even care how much money it is. Like mm-hmm. I want the end of the season to feel better like every year. You that, were like, like yeah. so peppy at the end of the season. I love you were like, yeah. Becky, let's hang out. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what day is it? What time is it? What year is it? Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a, and of course I still, ha- I'm still editing and I knew that mm. it was coming, but I wasn't like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. yeah, I got to do this now. So, so yeah. guys, here we are. Truth and all, yes. warts and all. Um, we're showing up as ourselves as we yeah. always do. Um, and so sometimes we might show up with some massive positivity coming your way. And sometimes we might just show up and be like, hey, you know, my journey looks a little shitty today. Yeah. But um, we missed you. Yep. And I missed you. I missed you, too. Yeah. So we're glad gosh, to be back. Gosh. And we will be posting these every Wednesday. We said Wednesday, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a joke. Wednesday. Yeah, so we'll be posting these every Wednesday morning. And um, we have a couple other things happening in the works. And we're really excited to be back. Yes. So, so thank you guys for hanging yeah. out with us today. Thank you. Hope you have a great day. Peace out. Bye.